take a deep breath and remember there's a power breathing you. This is your space of sanity in an evolving world where we learn about spiritual law and how to apply it to our lives in a way that is practical and life-changing. This is where we remember truth to make the world a better place one person at a time. I'm Claire Lotier, inspirational speaker, teacher of the technology of transformation, and a certified life mastery consultant and spiritual coach. Welcome to the Grace Space. Today's episode, Transformative Gratitude. When I was growing up, my main experience of gratitude was of the more superficial kind, the kind of gratitude we're taught as children as a matter of etiquette and politeness, the importance of saying thank you when we receive something like a gift or a compliment, part of the niceties that grease the wheels of society. And to be sure, this kind of gratitude is very important, part of social interaction and the maintenance of harmony and positive environments, appealing to our better selves when we might be tempted to be less than that. Most of us are familiar with this kind of gratitude. It was trained into us, right? We could call that reactive or condition-based gratitude in the sense that its cause is external. But there's a whole other level of gratitude. It's an experience of gratitude that is generative, literally creative. It has the power to open our hearts and expand our lives. It can literally change the reality that we experience. This kind of gratitude is transformative, and that's what we're going to explore today and how to reconnect with that profound, spontaneous gratitude whose origin is internal. And this frequency of gratitude is a gateway to the experience of full spectrum abundance. I have a memory from childhood that's always stayed with me. My grandparents lived in Corsica for many years during the 70s and 80s while I was growing up. Corsica is an island in the Mediterranean Sea, which is considered part of France. And my grandparents chose to live there when they were forced to leave their home in Algeria during the Revolution for Independence. Rather than going back to France, as many people did, they opted for a place that would remind them of the only home that they'd ever known, which was Algeria. And so we would often meet up in Corsica as a family at my grandparents with my aunt and uncle and my cousins, the family on my father's side. I went there from the time I was an infant till about the age of 14, at which point my grandparents moved back to France. The time I spent in Corsica formed powerful impressions in me of the land, the sea, the sun, the smells of the island, from the port town of Popriano with its bustling energy and rocky beaches, to the twisting, turning roads full of hairpin curves where some kid or other was always throwing up in the car, to the dusty, arid hills that smelled of rosemary, thyme, sage, and fennel, wild lavender, and rock rose, and and my grandparents' house, which was a tiny little villa where you had to turn on the hot water heater if you wanted a bath. It had a tiled roof and a large outdoor dining terrace where we practically lived the whole time we were there. Down from there was a pool where my cousins and I spent 
even more time playing Marco Polo and cannonballing into the water, shrieking and cavorting for hours on end. The whole place overlooked the sea. And I have a memory of feeling very high up and looking down at an endless vista, though I'm sure that that was partly my childlike perception of space. One evening, when I was still very young, maybe eight years old, I was floating in the pool on an inflatable raft, looking out at the setting sun. The sky was painted with sunset colors, pink, orange, red, purple, indigo. And I could see the dark hills along the coastline, sloping into the pristine mirror of the sea, one after another. And the glowing disk of the sun, sinking lower and lower through wisps of cloud that seemed to be on fire. I'm sure I wasn't alone. There had to have been someone around me, family. But it was as if suddenly I was the only one in the world. I became aware of a profound stillness within my being that seemed to be reflected by the scene I was witnessing. I became consciously aware of beauty as a spiritual truth for the first time. And I knew that the beauty I was perceiving in this majestic display before me was actually a reflection of something within me, some inner quality that transcended everything. It was eternal. It was vast. It was me. I felt a peace and serenity and a kind of knowingness in that moment that I was part of something far greater than myself, infinite, and yet at the same time, completely familiar and personal. I was in resonance with life, suspended in the now, aware of being alive, being part of something, and being grateful for that something that was beyond my comprehension. It was a moment of generative, transformative gratitude for existence itself. The child that I was could accept it without analyzing it, and the memory was carried within like a jewel to remind the adult that I became of something true. The word transformative means going beyond the form, transform. Moments of transformative gratitude enable us to expand beyond the limitations of form. We have a sense of ourselves that goes beyond the narrow focus of our daily routines, beyond the familiar personality and situation, beyond our little life and the forms we've constructed in it, beyond the thousand natural shocks that flesh is heir to, to quote Shakespeare. The process of spiritual growth itself is a process of transformation, going beyond the form we currently occupy into greater and subtler dimensions of our nature that exist beyond form and presencing the subtler dimensions of awareness, that which is infinite in us, into our daily experience. 
With my coaching clients, we regularly practice what we call generating state, where we consciously change our energetic state by raising our energy, choosing to dwell in higher frequency states of awareness that are coherent with the dream life we're calling in and realizing that it is in fact a matter of choice. On the physiological level, what's happening is that we're moving from the sympathetic nervous system to the parasympathetic nervous system. So from a stress response of the nervous system known as fight, flight, freeze, which is associated with emotions like anxiety, worry, doubt, anger, resentment, regret, blame, etc., to the mode of the nervous system known as rest, digest, create, where it's possible to install new belief systems and to decide who we're going to be and what we're going to generate in the moment. There are many ways to generate an energetic state, but one way is to use the energetic template of gratitude. And this is commonly what I do with clients. We attune ourselves to something we feel grateful for in the moment and allow ourselves to be elevated by noticing what we're grateful for in our lives. Invariably, people say that sometimes it's hard to choose just one thing. So it's a practice of noticing the good that is already present, even when we may be traversing challenges or rigorous curriculum. And though in this sense, we're often practicing the first level of gratitude, it opens us up to transformative gratitude when we count our blessings and realize just how blessed we already are. It sensitizes us to the truth that we are provided for in ways large and small. My mentor, Mary Morrissey, often reminds us that gratitude is on the frequency that is harmonious with abundance. This is because when we focus on gratitude, we amplify the good in our lives. Why? Because of the basic spiritual law that energy flows where our attention goes. So if our attention is on all the good we already enjoy, our energy naturally flows there and the universe picks up on that. The universe always reads our attention as our intention. If our attention is focused on our blessings and we emit a vibration of grateful thanksgiving from the center of our being to the source for everything it provides for us, the universe reads that as our intention, the grateful enjoyment of and appreciation for the blessings we've been given and increases that in our experience. The abundant nature of the universe means that whatever we get interested in receives more energy. Wherever we focus attention leads to a greater flow of energy in that area. This is the law. Getting stuck in discontent, negativity, and complaining are examples of ways that we focus our attention unconsciously and unintelligently, creating more of what we don't want in life. It's impossible to attract a loving relationship, for example, if we're focused on how we've been hurt and disappointed. Those two things don't exist on the same frequency. If we want to attract a loving relationship and we're alone, we make that relationship welcome by creating an energy field of love in the relationship we have with ourselves. We have to get on the frequency of love. We have to get interested in love, dwell in love, pay attention to love in order to amplify it in our experience. It's not going to come if we're paying attention to hurt and disappointment from the past. 
Similarly, if we wait for things and situations and people to be grateful for, we're living in a limbo of waiting, which actually comes from a state of lack. While we're waiting for something, we're in the vibration of lacking that thing. It isn't here. It's in the future and we're waiting for it, which means what we're noticing is that we don't have it. All we can create from this energetic state is more of the same, more of something not being here yet, more of waiting for things to change. I hate to say it, but this is what hope is. I know a lot of people are attached to the idea of hope as something beautiful and noble, but hope is a vibration of vainly waiting for things to change, imagining a future that's different while dwelling in scarcity and limitation in the moment. It's not going to work to hope that things change. It's a state of passivity and disempowerment. So I would encourage you not to hope anymore. Instead, consciously create your future by getting on the frequency of gratitude now. Don't hope for things to change. Generative, creative, life-giving, transformative gratitude can be experienced right now by simply bringing your awareness and attention to the sacred power of life that is moving into you and through you. As St. Paul said, I have learned in whatever state I am therein to be grateful. He wrote those words from a dank, dark prison cell. It's not that he was saying, I love this jail cell. I love being in prison. Thank you for that. No, it's not about the circumstances. Many of us, when we're going through tough times or dark times, would never be grateful for the circumstances themselves, but we can learn to cultivate and to choose a deeper gratitude that's a recognition that all things are for our good, that all situations have within them hidden gems of good, and that there can be no condition or circumstance existing outside the scope of divine love. To choose gratitude in the darkness for the gifts that the darkness has come to bring us, even if we cannot see them yet, is transformative gratitude. To be able to say, there is good here, there is intelligence here that I'm presently not aware of. So let me stay open to that good, that intelligence revealing itself to me, and let me be grateful for it before I have received it. That is power. That is the power of a master mind. Here are some questions for you to journal on. As you continue a daily gratitude practice of noticing what you're grateful for and expressing sincere gratitude in your heart for the blessings in your life, large and small, these will help you to make welcome the feeling of spontaneous, transformative gratitude. So, number one, Choose three things it's easy to feel grateful for, and three things it's harder for you to feel grateful for. Number two, look at the three things it's harder to feel grateful for. How could you look at these in such a way as to shift your feelings to a higher level of gratitude or a deeper level of gratitude? And number three, become aware of at least one thing in your life or in yourself that you've taken for granted up until now. How could you see this thing as an aspect of the miraculous, for example, the sunrise or your heartbeat 
or the flowers that bloom in your garden. Realize that everything in this life is a miracle. When we release resistance to our life situations because we have created aspects of our reality that we do not prefer, and replace that resistance with gratitude, we begin to shift our energy in such a way that we become a magnet for miracles and magic. They were there all along. Gratitude leads us to a greater life where we can experience abundance in whatever areas we choose to put the focus of our gratitude on. Follow gratitude to a life of full spectrum abundance in love, in health, in opportunity, in beauty, in wealth. It's one of the key tools for manifesting the life that you would truly love living. Next time, we'll look at fine-tuning the giving part of gratitude. Thank you for joining me in the grace space, where you're always in the right place. If you love this podcast, I invite you to subscribe to it and submit a review if you feel called to do so. Also, be sure to sign up for my newsletter right here. I look forward to spending this time with you again next week. Meanwhile, I send you love and blessings. Bye for now.